0: What's up, y'all? It's your host, Sensei NK. Back in another episode. I'm not my co-host, but I'm with
1: Maya Najee. Wow.
0: Hey, how are you doing, Maya? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. You know, I'm glad to have you on. You've been a a shining pillar for not just women's (laughs) basketball, but Nigerians playing basketball (laughs) as well. So, shouts out to you on that aspect. So, let's, let's start from the beginning. How did this all start? How did you become such a basketball phenom?
1: Uh, first and foremost, I would like to give all the glory and honor to God. Um, he is the only reason I am who I am today. Um, he's guided me through everything I do and everything my family does. And I think with faith and hard work, you can achieve anything. Um, my parents instilled that in me from a very young age and all of my siblings. Um, we've worked super hard for everything we've got, um, during times when people were resting or going out having summer vacations we were on the driveway in the summer every single day working hard through the sweat the tears the throw up the blood all that playing hard
0: (laughs) there's genuine days of throw up what what, what happened what what was one of these instances the (laughs) you know what was the craziest workout you've ever been through Um, could be in high school college hanging out with your dad and your brother anything like that
1: okay i'll say one of my most memorable ones i was in like third going into fourth grade Okay, and this is when you start shooting at the actual free throw line like that's when they start having girls like shoot free throws from the free throw line and i remember i went to summer camp with my with the rest of the girls in my city and we were having a basketball or whatever and we're all trying to practice free throws for the first time okay and everyone was air balling everyone was missing (laughs) Mm -hmm. jumping over the line all that and i was doing the same Mm -hmm. but I, i remember i watched my dad he was watching me in the corner he was giving me that classic Nigerian African dad stare or whatever you want to call it. Mm. And he was—he had his arms crossed. He was just staring at me. And was, upset. Yes. <laughs> and I was terrified. I'm like, uh-oh. So as soon as I got home, he's like, no, 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 no go outside <laughs> so he made me make i don't even know how it had to be more than 100 free throws i was not allowed to jump over the line mm-hmm. i wasn't allowed to jump mm-hmm. and i was and every time i think it was either time every time i airballed or every time i missed a certain way he would have me run around the house oh, like wow, a, okay. a few laps mm-hmm. and so it got to the point where i was like i was dead tired i was so exhausted and he was like looking at me like you think i care like I'm like, I was trying to explain myself, everyone, he's like, you're not everyone. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that, oh, he's always set the tone, like, I have to hold myself to a higher standard in everything I do. Mm -hmm. That was not the hardest work I've had, but that's, like, the most memorable Did he
0: give you one of those, like, the energy of, because of, my parents also gave me the conversation, too, of, I'm not going to keep coming to your games if you're not good at this sport. Yes, (laughs) yes,
1: he said, he said, do not waste my time. That was his thing. He was like. You can do whatever you want to do, but do not waste my time. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you don't want to play basketball, you don't have to play basketball. Mm-hmm. There'll be times where he would be like, after I have it back." he would be like, man, I want you to think to yourself, seriously, is this something you want to do? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I want to play, I want to play.
0: Then you need to act like it. Like, mm. he's like, do not waste my time. <laughs> Wait, what was the things that you're doing that made you seem like you weren't acting like you really wanted to hoop?
1: Uh, like if I had a game where I scored like maybe five points or maybe zero points, or oh, I'm just okay. not rebounding well, or I'm not mm-hmm. playing hard, he would be like, do you seriously want to play this game? <laughs>
0: What separates you from most other athletes?
1: Um, Like I said, I think it's just my faith in my work ethic. Um, and I think it's also the fact that me being an athlete is also not my identity in a way. Oh, okay. Like I think most athletes, especially male athletes, like they ride on the fact that they play sports. That's like their entire personality. That's like their entire future. They don't see life without it. And every day is a blessing every opportunity to play sports is a blessing you never know when that can be taken from you so my parents have also done a great job of making me well-rounded and having other aspirations and other hobbies outside of my sport that allow me to appreciate it even more Mm -hmm. but then also be like a like being able to have aspirations for a career after basketball and using basketball more as like a platform to get where i want to go and like or a vehicle to get where i want to go instead of like the end destination you know okay okay yeah. Why
0: do you think people do that to themselves?
1: Um, I think you really just get caught up in the love for the game. Sports are really fun. Um, if you
0: could explain the love of the game, how would you explain it? Because if my brother played, uh, played basketball for a while, and I also started to play too, but I could never really truly care about <laughs> playing basketball for real. And I feel like that was the one thing uh, that just separated me.
1: I think it's this like addicting feeling of when you put in so much work and you start to see your results. Oh, okay. Off. Yeah, I think that is like, whether that comes in like team success or like wins or like you're improving or your shots becoming more better, your, your shots becoming more consistent or your handles are getting better or now you're able to dunk or now you're able to do a move you weren't able to do. Like, it's like that rewarding feeling that makes the work all pay off in a way. Like, it's all worth it. And so it keeps you wanting more. Like, people that are athletes um especially at higher levels they're usually more competitive like type a personalities like Mm -hmm. people that just they're never satisfied with what they do like a lot of them are perfectionists in a way especially the best athletes so it's like you develop this like you crave this you're chasing this feeling of getting better and i think um the best athletes like someone like lebron i think that he embodies that in everything he does outside of basketball and with basketball as well. Like Mm -hmm. he wants to be the best father he can be, the best husband he can be, Mm -hmm. the best role model, the best activist, the best advocate, the best athlete. Like, it's like, I can always do better. I can always do more. Mm -hmm. And I think that also has uh, a negative side to it because it's like, you never appreciate, you never stop and appreciate the work that you put in. Mm -hmm. And so, you also, also sometimes feel like it's never enough. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. And that's like the, that's the hard thing that a lot of athletes struggle with, especially when they do have those failures and those setbacks. It's like, especially if you don't have anything to fall back on them. Like, mm-hmm. Let's say you don't have a, a good support system. You don't have, maybe you're not really into faith and all that. Or maybe like, you know, like, it's just like, there's not much ground. Exactly. Outside of the yeah, sport. yeah, exactly. It's easy to get lost in failure and like lose yourself completely.
0: Mm-hmm. That's actually really interesting. Cause the idea that she- That I'm getting from that is Mm -hmm. the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Mm -hmm. And if the thing I'm doing is, like, for example, a sports where there's, like, uh, not so much an um, an um, uh, oof, I'm (laughs) I'm not talking correctly right now, but uh, (laughs) not so much as there's, like, this, like, mystical energy behind it, but, Mm -hmm. like, you're trying to strive for this, like, quote-unquote greatness, which is, like, that's not tangible. Exactly. Like that's not a that's not exactly. a real thing. So exactly. you're just doing things, hoping to eventually get there. Exactly. And that actually transitioned it perfectly. So what was it that drew you away from basketball?
1: Uh, <laughs> just switching very, entirely. This is a very complicated question. Mm-hmm. We got time. Um, it has a lot of layers to it. So. I've always known that basketball was not my end goal, not my end destination. It was just like a vehicle to get me where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And so through basketball, I've been so blessed to have so many other opportunities that have come from it. Like it is just a, a tree that has bore a lot of fruit for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, basketball got me a chance to go to pretty much any school I wanted to in the country for free. Um, and then from there I was able to narrow it down to the schools that had the career path I wanted to do and that career path is becoming a physician I really want to be a doctor and I really want to be able to give back to the people that have helped me become who I am today and shed light on those people that are like underprivileged those people that underserved people that are cast to the side like I want to be the person that is their voice I want to advocate for them so through basketball I was also able to find a program at my current school, University of Arizona, Mm -hmm. which is called the APME program, which stands for Advanced Pathway to Medical Education. So I was able to come to a school where I'm able to finish my undergrad and my medical school in seven years instead of eight. Mm -hmm. And so that was also huge for me. It's like I'm planning for life after basketball. I knew like maybe I want to play pro for a couple years. Maybe I want to play for Team Nigeria in the Olympics. Maybe I want to do something like that but i do not want to be a professional athlete and then after that like i'm in my 30s and i have no no nothing else to do nothing else to fall back on like that's my whole identity i don't want to be like that so basketball was just it got to a point where basketball became like an extra, like an, the icing on the cake, mm. not the cake. You know that's, what I'm that's saying?
0: Interesting. So basketball kind of seemed like the side quest, like the perfect exactly. side quest just to be doing a bunch of random yes, stuff. Yes, yes. You know? And yeah. it
1: was just supposed to teach me work ethic. It was supposed to teach me responsibility, time management, organization, drive, um, pers- perseverance, persistence, all these things. It made me a better person as well. Mm-hmm. That's what sports does for someone. And then also gave me opportunities. I've met a lot of people. And it's also helped me network with a lot of doctors and people in healthcare as well, because they see me play. Oh, hey, Maya, I you play. Great mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. especially in Tucson. Like there's a very large older population here. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they all love to come support our team. There's no protein anywhere near us, yeah, except for in Phoenix. So yeah. it's like, everyone wants to come watch basketball. And through that, it's like great networking for us. So I was able to set myself up um, for my career path later on in life. And then it got to the point where basketball was taking away from the things that I really wanted to do. I've sacrificed so much of my life for basketball leading up to this point. I've sacrificed time with friends. I've sacrificed um, family vacations, just like all this time that I missed out on in childhood, in my early years. And now it was like, I'm not going to sacrifice school. I'm not going to sacrifice grades. I'm not going to sacrifice job shadowing, research opportunities, all these things I want to do to become a doctor. Like basketball has gotten me there and now I'm blessed. And now I need to step away in a way. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and then it was also like, I knew that it was supposed to be like just this fun activity. I love playing the game. It's supposed to be fun now. Um, Just do it because I love playing here. I love the school, the team. And it became a toxic environment that was draining me. And it was not fun anymore. It was not like um, something I look forward to. Was
0: that when you got disillusioned
1: by basketball? I don't think it was that I was disillusioned by basketball. I just think that. Honestly, I think I came to my senses more in a way. It was like I've started to realize that this program is not really the best fit for me. This like playing basketball here is not the best fit for me. Um and I needed to reprioritize mm-hmm
0: how did everyone else take it because of you you posted you made a post on twitter Mm -hmm. on instagram everywhere right Mm -hmm. and there was a bunch of feedback Mm -hmm. was it more positive more negative how are people reacting off of social media (laughs) things like that yeah businesses um,
1: it was a lot of super positive feedback um a lot of like i said doctors reached out to me offering like research or offering like job shadowing opportunities Mm. or just mentoring like which was huge for me. Um, even a lot of Nigerian doctors, which was super cool. <laughs> um, a lot. Shack reached out to me congratulating me, which was like what? Fire. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, let me think. I got a lot of um, positive feedback from the fans too because they love my family. My brother played here. Mm-hmm. They know my family well, so they were like just happy for me. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah. A lot of speculation on like, is that the only reason why? Like, is this really the only reason why? It's is kind of funny because I haven't really made a statement mm-hmm. saying, oh. That's not really the only reason why, but okay. <laughs> I've decided to take the high road. Um, oh, okay. I don't want to cause any drama for the people that are still on the team, mm-hmm. and I don't want to cause any drama with the coaching staff or anything like that mm-hmm. so but it's been a lot of positive feedback. I will say that um <laughs> Naija Nation um an Instagram account, oh yeah yeah, they no. posted um mm-hmm. my story, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, her dad forced her, oh, <laughs> classic African parents they're gonna be so happy, oh. <laughs> i don't want my mom to see this she's gonna make me da da <laughs> did she really want to do this poor child poor girl poor... i'm like fighting for my life in these comments like y'all don't even know me i come from a basketball family mm-hmm. like this was not at all my parents decision not mm-hmm. that's the furthest thing I could possibly be and trust me i know when when my father can get in the way and be like and be like oh you're doing this and i just have to listen i know that that mm-hmm. that that's like that, that... All African parents are like that. Yeah. Like, I know am not
0: you do. I feel you. Exactly. Feel that's very possible. Yeah. He, yeah,
1: yeah. There are times where he just takes the lead. And he's like, we're doing this because I said so. And I just have to say, okay. But this was one thing where he was, like, just very proud of me, honestly, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. having the maturity to realize what's more important. He was like, that's amazing. And he was like, I want you to keep training and all that because I know that you still love playing basketball. And I'm like, of course. Yeah. And so, hopefully, I'll be able to play for Team Nigeria in the future. Okay. That's, I like, my that. next goal. I
0: feel that. Um, Honestly, that's a little bit – your your dad's a little bit greedy because he had, like, an all-star <laughs> basketball player. says, you know, I'm going to get a doctor now. <laughs> but, hey, I feel it. Like that's, <laughs> that's fire. That's fire. <laughs> um, to talk about the upbringing to playing, when did you start becoming good? Like, when did you start getting noticed as, like, oh, yeah, no, you're one of one?
1: Okay. Um, Let me
0: think. Was there a player that you just, like, torched that was, like, really good and you're like, oh, they weren't that good?
1: Um. Honestly, I feel like not in like a cocky sense at all. I think I've always had the target on my back oh, okay. because I started playing basketball when I was four years old. And from that point on, like I remember I went to a, one of these summer basketball camps in like my hometown and... They were like, okay, kindergartners here, first graders here, second graders here. I looked at my mom like, mom, where do I go? Because I was in preschool. Like, I wasn't (laughs) even. I wasn't even the age of these girls. (laughs) She's like, just go with the kindergartners. (laughs) I'm like, I was so scared. Like, mom, where do I go? Mm. Like, my dad and my mom, they always pushed me. I was always playing up on, like, up a level, up, up two levels, playing on like the top teams. Um, I got my first full ride scholarship offer in seventh grade. Um. Going to one of like the university camps. Like I went to the University of Minnesota camp, Wisconsin camp. Those mm-hmm. were my first two offers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, from that point on, I think I was probably one of the first in my class to get a scholarship offer. Oh, so, okay. From like seventh grade, I think I was I was ranked number one in the state. Ever since then, mm-hmm. and then by the time I graduated, I was like top ten in the country. So,
0: mm-hmm. I think you bottomed out at like four or five. I think that's where that's pretty how high you got. Mm-hmm. Was it um as you got older and you just kept playing mm-hmm. what at what point did it just get easy then if if when if you got your first d1 offer as a 7th grader <laughs> what point was it like oh yeah this is just easy
1: never easy never never easy oh, and my okay. dad made sure that it was never easy
0: how did you do that
1: <laughs> cuz he's like um he's always like he thinks because i'm talented and i've worked hard that his biggest fear is I will just start coasting and I will start mm-hmm. relaxing and and start letting things just go whatever like just being cocky or being arrogant about it, um, acting like I've arrived already. And so he's always made sure, even when it started to feel easy for me, okay, we're gonna put her on this team now, okay, oh, okay. we're gonna play her up a grade, okay, we're gonna put we're gonna have this coach train her. She's gonna do this workout. She's gonna like always making it harder for me, mm-hmm. always challenging me, which made me appreciate hard work in a in a bigger way. You know, mm-hmm. it's like. I can never I can never coast through this type of workout because I will get killed. I can mm-hmm. never coast through a type of game like this because these girls are way bigger than me. They're way this mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I don't think it was
0: ever easy for me. Interesting. That's actually very interesting because of yeah. one of the things that I've noticed, especially looking at basketball players now, high school mm-hmm. basketball players now, they're not playing up in AAU like mm-hmm. they once was. Yes. And do you think that's, like, wrecking the game from the inside out?
1: um honestly i think reclassifying is wrecking it more than not playing up um Mm -hmm. i can't really speak for other people i think me playing up levels uh helped me mature quicker in my game and because it's like you're playing with these first of all you're playing with basketball is a team sport so you're playing mm -hmm. with older girls they do not have time for this little girl, little girl coming on their team and messing up the game. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to Is be it one of those on things your.
0: Where it's like you are good for your grade? and yes, now Come play. Yes. Okay. Yes. You
1: have to be on your P's and Q's. Like you have to like be on point every second. And it's like you don't want them to feel like they're playing with someone that's younger than
0: them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's like
1: at at like I have the pressure from my dad. I have the pressure from um, my teammates, and the pressure from myself just wanting to do great. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So
0: does it ever get overburdensome?
1: Oh, sometimes, yeah, but I think because my family is super supportive and I have such a great support system that I'm super grateful for, I don't think it was ever, like, too much, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it was just something that helped me grow, like, I've been super blessed to have a very privileged life and, you know, Mm -hmm. have a lot of blessings around me, so... Mm -hmm. The most adversity That I've ever really faced Comes from basketball Like that's okay. nothing You yeah. know what I'm saying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like there's there's The pressure that you feel As an athlete Cannot compare to the pressure That you feel As like a single mom Or as a mm-hmm. person that is Trying to make ends meet Or as a person that Has divorced parents Or a person that has No parents The person mm-hmm. that has You know what I'm saying Like yeah, there's yeah. It's always worse Like mm-hmm. it could always be worse Yeah So I think yeah, there's pressure from sports, but it's really nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. There's not much basketball can do when rent is doing two days, and you don't have the 400. Yeah, no, I feel that. That's that's a very that's very You gotta very have some perspective. You <laughs> yeah, know? of course. I feel that. I feel that. And then it to wait, did you play AU? Did you get much time to play AU?
1: Yeah, I played AU every year.
0: So how how is the game different from playing in AU versus playing in high school?
1: Um, high school basketball is way more organized but then it's also like what I say the competition is way worse in high school basketball like it's not it's not tough at all because you're playing is like-
0: every other team as OP as your own team in comparison to playing in high school especially at Hopkins where you had like three other nationally raped players
1: uh <laughs> <laughs> Hopkins is definitely an anom- anomaly <laughs> it's definitely an anomaly um mm-hmm yeah i can't really see <laughs> i all i know is people were scared to play us at high school because mm-hmm. like we had like our whole lineup especially when i played with paige mm-hmm. our whole lineup was d1 and then like two players off the bench <laughs> like d1 plus our bench players mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> how was that and then we
1: had like some of our we had some like eighth or ninth graders on jv that were d1 too <laughs> so it's like we never like but then it's like our coaches, whatever coach we had in, uh, at Hopkins, always made sure to raise the standard for us. Uh-huh. So it never became like, oh, it's easy for us. Mm-hmm. We had three-hour practices every day. We had to watch film. We had scouting reports. We had um, lifts, like mandatory lifts. Like, all, like It was run like a college program. Mm-hmm. And that's also why the best players wanted to come play there. And mm-hmm. that's also why the younger talent became the best players because Hopkins really did a great job at Keeping the standard up here Okay And I think that's Like a huge thing For athletes that Are talented Is Not letting it get easy Like like you, okay. you asked me When mm-hmm. did it get easy Like not letting it get easy Like my coach My coaches I had at Hopkins Were always on our On our behinds mm-hmm. Every single day in practice Screaming at us Yelling at us Pushing us harder 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 Running us Conditioning us Everything Like the standard Was so high That it's like If you don't Love playing basketball You probably would not Want to play here You know what I'm saying That's fair, that's fair. But then it's like with that comes Nike wanted to like Nike sponsored our team mm-hmm. so we're getting Nike gear we're able to play the top teams in the country mm-hmm. Um, the, my senior year we got to play in Geico which was super cool fire yeah mm-hmm. Um, but then it's like we also we put in all that work and so then we start producing like we had like probably three years in a row we hadn't lost a game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like all the, uh, winning state championships all that like it didn't just come because oh we had a, a bunch of good players mm-hmm. like it became, it came to fruition because of the work we put in and like the people wanted to buy into that culture. Mm-hmm. And it was such an amazing, like, I think that was like my peak, like the peak of my enjoyment of bat for basketball. Okay. Yeah. Because I played with like some of the best players in the country,
0: mm-hmm. like Paige was Beckers. Playing with Paige.
1: It was like playing with all those, those girls was amazing because mm-hmm. at any given night, any one of us could score 30. Any one of us were capable of doing it. Yeah. And none of us Out cared your, who did it.
0: Real quick, on, I think it was your thousand point night where you dropped 24 and there's another girl that dropped like 24 mm-hmm. and then y'all two scored more buckets than the other team <laughs> that you guys have played. That's Ridicu- crazy. <laughs> ridiculous. That's crazy. I don't even know.
1: <laughs> That's
0: ridiculous. That's crazy. But continue.
1: But it's just like, that was like, I think the highest form of team chemistry I've ever played with. Like mm. that was like, just beautiful like poetic basketball in a way like we we would share the ball and it was like nobody cared who scored nobody was selfish Paige was the best player in the country by far and it was never like oh i'm gonna go for 30 i'm gonna go for 40 it was never that Paige would be encouraging our worst player on jv and making her feel like she's just an amazing player mm-hmm. like she was that type of, of type of leader our coach would actually have to tell Paige, you're too unselfish we need you to shoot the ball <laughs> like she she set that tone for us, and so with the rest of us, like we all just kind of fell in line and was like, we just played together as a team and win or lose, like we were in it together. Like it was never like, oh, someone's got to win for us or pass the ball more or this or that. Like we were, we were all bought in together, mm-hmm. and it was, it was beautiful. Like it was, yeah, I miss it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel that you don't I see f- that. <laughs> no, I feel that. Uh, my brother, I was talking to my brother about it, and I told him I, I was asking him, I was like, how good is Paige? And then he was like, she would get you off that. Like just <laughs> not even no cocky or no no nothing like that. Just just objectively she would get you off that. And then I was like, interesting. I went and watched a couple of her games and yes. she just might. She yes. she just might. Which is interesting because of um were you are you on TikTok much? Oh
1: yeah, yeah, here and there.
0: Um so there's this one account, this one dude was like talking a lot of uh ish on, was was it on Caitlin Clark talking about, oh I'll destroy her, da da da. Oh I saw that,
1: yeah. Keep
0: in mind he's 5 three. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me think, why is there such a disconnect between the way that men see women playing basketball and the way that they're actually playing?
1: I don't know. I think, I mean, I hate, I hate to pull, like, the sexist card, but I really think it is sexism. Like, mm. obviously, so here's, if you take it back, men started playing sports before women were allowed to. Men did a lot of things before women were allowed to. Men are usually taller, stronger, faster. And so because men have a lot of taller, stronger, faster people in their population, they think, oh, because I'm a man, I'm taller, stronger, faster than this girl too. (laughs) No, 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 no. You're not LeBron. Mm -hmm. Just because you and LeBron are both men doesn't mean you're like LeBron. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. It is so hard for them to appreciate women's basketball because it started later. It's still developing, like all this stuff.
0: How long has the WNBA been in part... Is it like twenty five? Twenty five year? years. Twenty five like years. That. Yeah. So I was talking to my friend about this too, because that's actually very interesting. Yeah. So people are always on this tirade on women's basketball sucks. WNBA is not like keeping up. It's just a it's a black hole of money. Mm-hmm. And I just I always have to remind people they're literally in their Wilts Chamberlain era. Like right <laughs> now, it's like their earliest <laughs> time. Yes. And I was I was thinking about this. I was like, I had a feeling like there's there's an inside of me is thinking um this next like 5 years is going to be like a crazy boom Absolutely. in women's sports Absolutely. especially with uh women's college sports right now with uh Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark yes. Paige Bucher is coming yes. back uh what's what's some other oh oh my god the other person that's on LSU oh my god the running mate Flage? Yes, there we go. Yeah. Her and there's a couple other people that's like going to usher in a whole new yes. era. And honestly, I was thinking about you too. I was supposed to, <laughs> I was supposed to come in and, and just change the whole um, premise of yeah. women's basketball. Do you think that people are just now starting to notice? Or do you think that we're still a little behind?
1: Um, I think the people that really love and appreciate basketball are starting to notice. And I think social media plays a big part in that. But the people that are behind are very, very behind. Um, And I think it really sucks because... It's not even the people that appreciate basketball that are making these negative comments. It's the people that didn't get to play basketball in college, mm-hmm. people that peaked in high school, people that did not play sports at all, the people that are always watching. Not like It's, you, it's so easy to hate when you are the one watching and not being watched. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's so easy to say, oh, he should have shot that. Oh, she should have did this. <laughs> <laughs> you are sitting on your couch in your apartment or on your mom's, in your mom's basement and you were commenting on someone who is on TV, on national television. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I think also social media has made everyone feel like they're entitled to viewing everyone's life and having an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. An opinion that must be like heard.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
1: I, I, I can't stand when I, when I scroll on TikTok and I see, oh, this video caused drama and now everyone's duetting and stitching the video and talking about what they think and I'm like, that has nothing to do with you. Like, mm-hmm. you have some audacity. Like, you need to go outside and touch some grass and find a hobby because you will never catch me. You know how angry you have to be to comment, to open your phone, to watch the entire video, to click the comment button, to type out a hateful message, and to press send. Like, in that time that you've done that, you could be online looking for a better job.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You could be in Mm -hmm. a gym,
1: like, making yourself healthier.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like,
1: it is never the people that are successful people that are happy with their life people that have found love people that are working hard that are spending time hating on other people mm-hmm. it's people that are unsuccessful that are unhappy with themselves that are lonely or that just project these feelings that they have in words onto other people mm-hmm. i am such having such a bad day i am going to sit here and hate on caitlin clark even though she will never see this comment mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it is it's really insane like there are girls that are busting their butts in the gym every day mm-hmm. going crazy like juju juju watkins is going insane at usc and she's not even giving enough coverage for it
0: that's, and yeah that's true yeah
1: you watch her highlights and i could name a single player on on like let's say like a high school boys basketball team where they think they're just all oh, this and that mm-hmm. that could guard her like mm-hmm. it's just <sighs> and it's and it's also like I think when someone sees that someone that a woman is doing great, they also feel threatened by it. Oh, okay. Because yeah. like, I've always gotten that too. Like, let's say like middle school, high school, we have like open gym or whatever, and how is that? Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. <Go laughs> continue, continue. And it's like all the boys are like, Oh, Maya, I bet I da I'm beat you in a three point contest. I'm beat you one on one. Play me one on one. Like they would line up to play me one on one or to shoot, do a shootout or something like that, mm-hmm. and I never lost. I never lost. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, it is not the high school boys basketball team that is going to talk to the high school girls basketball team and tell them how they suck. Mm-hmm. It is the people that are not on either that, that team. Make the team, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I have nothing to prove to you, mm-hmm. but I will still, I will still entertain it. Mm-hmm. I will still, I will still give you a good time.
0: I don't blame you. I don't. But what's the worst you ever beat a team?
1: Oh <laughs> I think oh, Hopkins, we had to have the team by maybe eighty or ninety, I don't know. When we would go to like our section section tournament, our first game would always be the number one seed, versus mm-hmm. like the number seven or eight seed. Um, that would always be like a varsity might play three minutes and then J V will handle the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. just like a fun, like Just a good boost our morality. (laughs) Get our little ones in the game, and mind you, our JV's like eighth, ninth graders. Yeah, not a bunch of
0: juniors. Like, we need to get y'all a thousand points by your second half of the year. That's that's these literally, Jesus, because the the schools that i always hated mm-hmm. were the schools that were so big but not big enough to move up sections yeah so like we get like the dealer cells mm. the north the yes. schools like that yes and then you just turn to like a team like hopkins or cdh where there has like five nba size <laughs> players on their squad going against like a 1a school for no reason no reason all. like literally just cancel the game save your money <laughs>
1: Keep the bus in your high school parking lot. Do not come out here. Yeah, There's no
0: point. Because I remember when uh, Chris Ray went out to play uh, Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And so I was a sophomore at the time, right? Mm-hmm. I played the freshman game, the sophomore game, and the junior game because <laughs> we didn't have enough players. Is that even legal? <laughs> hey, hey. i bet you're only really allowed to play three halves. Hey, aha, <laughs> that ain't got nothing to do with us. <laughs> that ain't got nothing to do with oh us. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And then since we had an NBA player on our squad, they're like, "Oh yeah, no, they'll hang. Why would y'all do that? Why why would we even do that?" So yeah, it was it was bad. I think that's the the worst I've ever got to beat was to y'all. But yeah, no. Wow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, switching on topics. Um How did your brother uh Zeke help you with with the game of basketball? Ah.
1: Uh. Zeke is just an amazing person. Um, He is definitely my biggest role model. Um, The best brother you could ask for. Um, It started with the fact we were so close at a young age. uh, And then (laughs) my dad would have me play one-on-one against him. So he would just make me cry. (laughs) I would just be crying. Just Mm. so defeated. And I would have to keep running around the house because I... (laughs) I kept turning the ball over. I kept missing layups, whatever it was. And he was always bigger, stronger, taller, faster than me, just better than me in every way possible. Mm -hmm. But then he also made the game easier for me when I was playing against girls. Mm, He's like, nobody is going to be as big as Zeke. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody's going to block my shot like him. Mm -hmm. So he also like pushed me a lot. And then it's like, he was like the pioneer for us, like mm-hmm. for me and my sister. He was kind of like the trailblazer for us in a way. Like, okay, I see Zeke doing this. I'm gonna do it now. Okay, oh, like, yeah, Zeke yeah. can do it. I know I can do it. Mm-hmm. And then he was so good about like being patient with us, mentoring us, teaching us on, on the drive. Like, it was always better when Zeke was running the workout mm-hmm. versus my dad. Oh yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, way yeah. more patient, way more mm-hmm. like gentle, and he understands how to explain it a little bit better because he played the game himself. So. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just been a great mentor. Um, I love watching him or going to Denver and watching him play and visit him and all that. Um, he's always super supportive and he'll actually like, if we have a game on the same night, he will actually at halftime check my stats and he'll like text me like, okay, this is this. So mm. that is like the best feeling ever. <laughs>
0: fire, fire, fire. How did, what did you take from his game?
1: <sighs> Honestly, my brother has always been like me. And my brother had like opposite success stories in a way okay he did not start getting getting recognition until like junior, junior senior year. year Yeah. like i don't know if he got his first offer to like sophomore or junior year yeah. and then he started going up and up and up and he had so many doubters so many haters so many like sports writers that said he wasn't this so many coaches that didn't believe in him um said he wasn't good enough for this 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 and whatever it is everyone has their own opinion and mm. he always just kept his head down always just worked always just grinded always worked and you start seeing his success and it's like the most amazing feeling to watch and witness it because you know how hard he's worked. and You know how mm-hmm. people have have doubted him and mm-hmm. have like, you know, and it's, it's also a testament to like what having faith does for you. Okay. And especially for our family, because he was born premature. Like mm-hmm. the doctors already like had these expectations of him saying, Oh, he's not going to do this. He's not going to do this. And like, every day of his life he's just surpassing expectations i guess Mm -hmm. in a way in everything he does and it's like it's amazing to watch honestly Mm -hmm. i'm so proud of him Mm -hmm. and i cannot even describe how much he inspires me to be better and just in every way like he's such like a great role model he's a great leader and he will he will have even more success than what he has now because of his faith because of his gratitude, the way he treats people, the way he is kind and caring, and mm. that will always come back to you and that, that will always like return in more blessings. Is it
0: tough having faith on your own end?
1: No, no. Okay. Because um I think my family instilled it in us at a young age and I've always seen what it has done for me. Mm. Like when when you pray, when when you submit to the most high, when you get on your knees and you pray i i can feel it like in my heart like i don't know how to describe it but when i pray i get like chills like goosebumps like i i can feel that he's with me you Mm -hmm. know and there's certain moments where it's like i'm having a hard time whether it's in life or on the court off the court whatever it is i can I can just feel that like that sensation of chills running through my body Mm -hmm. and it's like just reminds me it's almost like comforting reminds me like i am capable and there are times where i didn't think i'd be able to achieve a certain thing or i didn't think i'd make it through a certain point in my life or but i always did you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying and on the other side of that adversity was always even more blessings Mm -hmm. so that was like how could i even doubt that he's there with me
0: Mm. fire fire um Speaking of um, blessings, when you became a McDonald's All American, how did that happen?
1: Oh, that was (laughs) that was the most surreal feeling ever. Um, I remember.
0: uh, Do you have your trading card?
1: I do. I don't know. I don't know if it's here. I think it's at home, like in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. But that was like the most amazing experience ever i remember i was in class watching espn for like oh, wow. when they would okay. announce it because it was like charles barkley or something like that announcing it like live so i was like so nervous because just because you're ranked doesn't mean you're gonna get it like mm-hmm. there, there's been yeah. some snubs every year mm-hmm. so i was like super scared but like super excited and then when i got announced like it just felt so surreal i'm pretty sure they butchered my last name mm-hmm. but i didn't even think about it. <laughs> i was just so excited like it was like the most surreal feeling ever and all my um classmates
0: were so happy for me mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, fire. Uh, what moment did you recognize your game? Um. Uh, like, was there a certain game that you like had, and you are like, "Wow, I'm here."
1: No. <laughs> wow. Okay. And How that's come? that's something I've always struggled with. Is mm-hmm. like, yeah, people will tell me, "Oh my, you're so good at this. Oh my, you're so talented." But like being able to see that myself, okay. has always been hard because the standard is so high. It's like mm-hmm. even. And this sounds crazy to say even when i was like a jordan brand classic all american mcdonald's all american i was ranked this ranked that it always just felt like okay what's next okay not like wow i really did that it was like okay what's next Mm -hmm.
0: like oh for those that don't know what is like that week when you are like a mcdonald's all american mm -hmm. like the the training camp the actual game the whole experience for that one and the jordan one
1: um it is surreal uh do you, you feel get like a little celebrity at the time? Yes, okay. it's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I was even, um, Slam All-American, which was in New York, which mm-hmm. was even cooler because we got to play at, um, Rucker Park. Mm-hmm. Um just we got we were on a double-decker bus like kids were like chasing our bus like screaming at us like for gear cheering us on like the most insane experience ever like touring times square like all that like you literally feel like a celebrity it's Mm -hmm. so cool um i also like so for mcdonald's and jordan brand they were both in chicago Mm -hmm. um we got so much gear like 13 pairs of shoes probably for jordan brand maybe like 10 for mcdonald's so many clothes like if you don't, if your size is not correct, they will fix it for you. Like whatever you need, <laughs> yeah. whatever you need, they're there. There's mm-hmm. security at every checkpoint. Mm-hmm. There's security on every floor. Um, it's just like, it is so like surreal. Like you're literally treated like a pro, and it, it's insane. Like the meals are great. Um, the activities are great. This is so organized, mm-hmm. and then you get to like meet these players and like bond with them. They're people that you've com- been competing with. Mm-hmm. Um, on the AAU circuit, like. Your whole life, and now you get to like meet them and bond with them, and just have a great time. And you all have worked so hard, and now you get to appreciate each other's talent. And like, there's fun. Like, you get a chance to be friends now. Yes, it's so cool. Like the practices are so cool, and even like watching the boys play as well. Like Mm -hmm. they have their dunk contest, or like watching your friends do three point contest. And even real
0: quick, can you dunk? I was told you can dunk. Is that is that That that's a facade? That's fake. That's not true. Okay, all right, continue.
1: (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's, like, it is the coolest experience ever. And then, like, when the whole show was put on, you know, you have the dunk show, the three-point contest, and then the actual game itself. Like, all of that is just an amazing atmosphere. Mm -hmm. It is, And then all, like, the top, like, sports accounts are there. Like, ESPN's there, police Mm -hmm. Report's there, Overtime's there, all these. Like, it's it's amazing. Mm -hmm. I feel
0: that. I feel that. Um, (laughs) One of my friends told me to make sure to ask you this. What uh WNBA players do you think could play in the league?
1: Um <laughs> None? Really? None. <laughs> okay, okay. None. No. I think men's basketball and women's basketball are two different two for two different games mm-hmm. and i think if you compare them you don't appreciate either of them mm-hmm. if you say oh a woman can play in the in the nba you do not appreciate the t- level of talent and the work ethic that these men have to put in to even be on that mm-hmm. that level mm-hmm. um there are some WNBA players that wouldn't even be able to get good minutes on a college team mm-hmm. men's college team but that's because there's just two different games like mm-hmm you have to be so much more skilled and so much more crafty to even be like a guard in the NBA Mm -hmm. because they're so huge. They're so tall. They're so quick. They're so like, everyone is amazing, you know? But then it's like on the women's side, Mm -hmm. these players have huge, like a very high IQ, Mm -hmm. great passers, great shooters. Like Sabrina, Sabrina Inescu is like the leader for three point contests, men's and women's. Mm -hmm. She'd be Steph Curry. Mm hmm. So if you compare her and Steph, you're not appreciating either of them. Mm. So, and the reason why
0: I ask, uh, mm-hmm. there was a player, Dennis Long, that got. Uh, she was the first woman that was drafted into the NBA mm-hmm. in 1969, mm-hmm. and I feel like so they drafted her kind of like as like a promo type of thing like promotion mm-hmm. type of vibe mm-hmm. and i feel like if she actually got a chance to get minutes that would have skyrocketed the the talent and the perspective of just woman sports in totality yeah if she even got a chance to play because if i looked it up she was like averaging like 60 something points in, 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 in wow. it, was, it was ridiculous it was ridiculous and there's a lot of instances where you get uh, players like female players like that, mm-hmm. like a uh, really good shooter, uh, not Ray Allen, but Reggie Miller, yes, mm-hmm. uh, Reggie Miller's sister, yes, yeah, Cheryl is, Miller, that's <laughs> the- <laughs> She's like better than him, <laughs> <laughs> yes, so it's like there's instances like that where it's like if they had let them play in mm-hmm. the league, the mm-hmm. whole way that we see women's sports in totality would have just changed by now, mm-hmm. but yeah,
1: for sure, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, do you think it's um. How long do you think it will take before the the way that we see women's sport just completely change? And do you think is the fact that there is such a lack of money in it at the moment?
1: Uh, it's hard because I think even women's athletes don't even necessarily support women's sports. Okay. Like, uh-huh. I, I can't even tell you. Maybe one player on my team um, watched WNBA games oh okay so it's like the call is also coming from inside the house like you're saying support women's sports but you're not even doing it yourself Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i don't know when that will happen um it's it it is definitely hard but then it's like nil is also kind of like evening the playing field because oh yeah that's true because like women are so much better at marketing themselves they're so much better at social media engagement at like creating content that their followers want to see yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and like creating a brand like Think about how well Angel Reese has marketed herself. Whether you like her mm -hmm. or whether you hate her, whether you think she's good at basketball or whether you don't, you are thinking about her because Mm -hmm. she's being talked about. Mm -hmm. And she's making her brand on being fearless and being a great role model mm-hmm. and being a great role model to black young black girls or black boys or anybody in general really mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. being unapologetically her like mm-hmm. she has never apologized for anything she's done because she's so confident in who she is yeah. and no matter how much hate she receives how much backlash she receives she does not let that stop her
0: you know she seems very much like she got that dog in her absolutely yeah, she got, she got absolutely that dog. Definitely, definitely. absolutely um there was a I was putting, okay you know what let's let's go here first for moving on I feel like the thing that's gonna help like really change women's sports mm-hmm. is the fact like individuals like uh individuals such as Enrique where her vibe the same thing that people go to like SGA for is the same thing that she's putting mm. out and I gotta get a pair of her shoes hard mm. they're so they so hard very yeah her and Sabrina is really tough and mm. I feel like now that people are actually taking, especially Nike, the fact that Nike's getting mm-hmm. taking the chance to really put money into them, mm-hmm. I feel like that's gonna help them like a lot more in the long run. Because like for the individuals that just want to be like different, they're buying into it. The people mm-hmm. that like want to be like quote unquote cool, they're buying into it mm-hmm. as well. And I feel like, especially with a lot of NBA players, they want to. Show love to the women's to the women's game. Uh, individuals like uh, Michael Bridges, Kyrie, mm-hmm. people like that, Devin Booker. There's a lot of people like that that want the see the league succeed. So I feel like that's helping them in the long term. Why do you think that a lot of women don't really pay much attention to women's sports, even if they are athletes?
1: <sighs> I do not know. Oh, I, okay. I also think um the women's games aren't as easily accessible.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like yeah, yeah.
1: if if you say tell me that the only way i can watch an nba game is by buying nba league pass i will not watch a single nba game <laughs> yeah now if yeah. you tell me okay it's gonna be on espn for free at this time i will go and watch the game
0: mm-hmm. that's fair that's there are fair. not
1: a lot of WNBA games or women's college games besides like the very very hyped ones LSU like the championships or like the top 10 mm-hmm. teams you know mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. are being broadcasted so if you are not on a top 10 team even if you're getting buckets, regardless of how good you're playing, you will not ever be seen because they only show so many games. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's that's so true. few. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. Question: I was gonna ask you this earlier. How were you? Were you? How were you affected by watching uh, the whole Angel Reese and uh, Caitlin Clark uh, fiasco going on, and the fact that that was like the biggest boom in in female sports in the past like five ten years?
1: Um, I think when it comes to women's any attention is good attention okay yeah yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean it's great that they're growing the game you know how many people were angry at Angel Reese calling her get out calling her this they're still talking about her yeah. at the end of the mm-hmm, day mm-hmm. whatever you're saying is putting money in her pockets and it's in turn growing the game because then you're like oh who's Angel Reese mm-hmm. oh then you, then you google LSU women's basketball and then you google the national championship game mm-hmm. and it's like whatever you want to say, oh, Caitlin Clark is so cocky. This You were still talking about her. Mm-hmm. You are still like feeding into that and growing the game in a way. And now mm-hmm. it's like, oh, Angel versus Caitlin when whole time they are actually like cool. Same, same they're, they're the they same do not team. have any <laughs> beef. You yeah, are beef. And that's what I'm saying. That's the problem with social media. It's also good, but it's a problem. Mm-hmm. People feel like they are entitled to just commenting on whatever they want to comment on. Mm-hmm. They feel like they have unrestricted access to just say what they want to say to somebody. And that has to be like the case. Like, Oh, I believe that, that, that women's basketball sucks. You should take it off the screen. Mm -hmm. I do not want to watch this. Stop posting these highlights. Nobody's watching this. Mm -hmm. Like, do you really think that you saying that is going to stop ESPN from posting women's basketball highlights? Uh No, it's not Uh like, I don't know. It's so annoying. Like I could care less about what someone has to say about me especially when I do not know them like and it is never like I said it's never the happy people it's never the successful people people that are actually have something going for themselves in life that are wasting their time sitting and talking about other people it's mm-hmm. never that mm-hmm. so it comes from a place of insecurity and unha- unhappiness and oh. I think people that are being talked about do not care
0: that's fair that's fair who is your favorite uh, basketball players?
1: Um, I really love watching uh, Candace Parker okay um, Elena Deladon, though and then like Kevin Durant and Giannis, those are like my WNBA NBA like players I wanted to be like.
0: Oh okay. Were mm-hmm. you trying to get their games? Was that was that like the plan?
1: Yes, because they're like tall, athletic, they have guard skills, they have post up skills, like all that. Like mm. matchup nightmares in a way.
0: Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Well, have you always been in a matchup nightmare?
1: Yeah, my dad made sure like I didn't start working on post moves so probably like fifth grade maybe. Oh, okay. Maybe even later than that, way later than that actually.
0: Maybe like seventh grade. So are you just like a face up, nose, just dive straight to the rim type of player?
1: No, because he also made sure my shot was like
0: oh, yeah, a perfected
1: yeah. craft. Like mm-hmm. I cannot tell. Okay. So this may sound pe- insane to people that do not play basketball or people that do not put that much time into it. But I kid you not. When I would shoot the ball, my you know, your guide hand is supposed to stay straight. My guide hand would go like this. And my dad made me run and run, and run, and <laughs> drill, and drill, and drill, and practice, and practice, practice, until it stayed straight. Mm-hmm. Like, he, perf- he perfected my craft in every way possible, so that there's no way that you could I could be sitting on the point line, and you're guarding me from the charge circle. Like, oh, yeah? You have yeah. to guard my shot. You have to guard my dribble. You have mm-hmm. to guard my post up. You have to box me out from rebounding. You have to stop me in every way possible, because he made sure that I was skilled. You know what I'm
0: saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, where would you want to take your game next? If where are, you, where are you trying to go next with your game?
1: Um, I want to keep uh, training, working out, going to open runs. Um, and I want to play professionally, and I also want to play for Team Nigeria. Those mm-hmm. are my two goals.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. What are you, you going to do to make that happen?
1: Like I said, um, I'm training a lot on the side, um, still working out, still lifting, doing all that stuff. And especially during the summertime, I want to uh, continue to link up with Phil Handy. Oh, okay. He's an yeah, assistant yeah. on the Lakers, mm-hmm. and he was training me during the summer just to have him grow my game. And mm-hmm. then also being in Kobe's old facility, like, there are a lot of Hoopers, like, going in and out of there. So, getting exposure to playing, like, ones against people or five on five. Who
0: have you got a chance to, to play with?
1: I haven't played with anyone yet. yet, yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I've trained there and seen, like, let's say Jason Tatum was there, Kyle Lowry was there. Um,. A bunch of NBA players and then a lot of WNBA players go in there too. Mm-hmm. Haley Van Lith trains there. Um, mm-hmm. Juju Watkins trains there. So it, it's good to be able to go there and then play against other girls too.
0: Yeah. yeah. What was some of the craziest fives you ever ran? Because mm. of, I feel like you could play in a in an in an organized game, but I feel like that's not the craziest games you would see. I
1: honestly don't run a lot of fives. Why not? Because my dad was always like. Especially if it's not like the top competition.
0: Oh, um, yeah.
1: Unless yeah. it was like an All American game, that's more like a. It's more and like a scrimmage. That, yeah, that doesn't mean But even count, really. He doesn't want me to like get injured or something like oh, that or yeah, something yeah. stupid. Mm-hmm. So, but I think the crazy. you craziest, think you missed out? You said what? Do you think you missed out? No, because I got to play against the top competition in any time okay. I was in. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll continue. Um, I would say. Like, playing in the McDonald's All-American, like, the scrimmages, the practices, or even, like, the game itself, like, that would, I would say, the craziest spots I've ever played. Because, like, there are girls on that team that can dunk. There are girls on that team that can shoot consistently from, like, half court. Like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. insane talent. Like, how is that crazy lay packages, mm-hmm. all
0: this, mm-hmm. you know? How is that playing on a squad where, like, nobody is bad?
1: It's so fun. It's so <laughs> fun. <laughs> and then also, at the same time, it's kind of stupid because everyone just wants to get posted on overtime oh okay so yeah, they start yeah, yeah. doing stupid things and it's mm-hmm. like okay just pass the ball man like mm-hmm. it's not that deep mm-hmm. but it's, it's also fun and cool like meeting these girls and playing with them and it's it's a lot of fun like people will talk trash but then like be laughing at the same time yeah yeah, yeah it's, 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 part, cool. it's part it's part of the game it's part yeah, of the game cool. Um,
0: what do you think you've learned from 2023 and now moving into
1: 2024 um i think especially in the world that we live in today you always have to put yourself first in a way like you have to know when to set boundaries? Okay. When to prioritize you because you are the only one that has your back at the end of the day. And whether you decide to be a people pleaser or whether you decide to <laughs> you be pe- selfish, were you
0: a people pleaser? <laughs> uh,
1: I wouldn't say so, but I think I need the better boundaries. And I think I set those at the end of the year. Oh, Okay. Going yeah, into twenty twenty four, I kind of set the tone. But mm-hmm. I think either way whatever decision you make, someone's going to have something to say about it. Mm -hmm. Good or bad. Mm -hmm. Someone's always going to be talking Mm -hmm. and you are really the only one that's going to live with the consequences, good or bad of your decisions. Mm -hmm. So whether, whether you're saying, Oh my, you shouldn't have done that. You are not in my shoes Mm -hmm. and I cannot comment on what you should be doing because I don't have to deal with it either. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I really think like you have to prioritize yourself in a way because people are always going to be talking like be authentic, be true to yourself that that is the biggest
0: thing that i've learned for sure okay okay. and now i know you just gave like a whole bunch (laughs) of advice right there but we've reached a segment of wish i had a sensei where my guest goes and gives some advice that they wish that they had when they were younger and some advice for them now some advice for them in the future
1: okay um advice i wish i had trusting the process for sure um i always felt like when i was younger like i had to Yes, working hard is good, but then also there's times when rest is good, you know, too mm. much of anything is bad. Um, I think just being able to trust the process and being calm in the work that I've put in, that would be like a main thing. Um, even if you had a bad game, it's, it's not the end of the world, especially if you identify yourself so much with sports, it, some athletes will get this idea in their head that because they had a bad game, everything is bad. Uh, they're, mm-hmm. a bad person, mm-hmm. they're a bad person. They're a bad soon They're bad sister. They're a bad brother. Whatever it is, they're bad. And that is such a toxic mentality to have. Like you have to pull yourself out of that. You have to find other things that you enjoy and other things that you are good at. Um, And then also being okay with failure because nobody's perfect. Literally nobody's perfect. So being able to take those failures as lessons rather than like hits that like knock you down, that that's something I wish I would have learned at the same time when I was younger.
0: Mm -hmm. Fire, fire, fire. Alright. You good? Yeah. Okay. Alright, y'all, if you got this far, make sure you leave a like, comment, subscribe, all that jazz. Um, go hit her social media account. I'll put it right here. Go like my stuff. It's a whole journey. It was really fun being in Arizona. Even though I'm gonna be back in Minnesota in a couple of hours. But yeah. <laughs> Thanks right. for coming. Of course. I'll do it again. alright oh, you all right, y'all. We out.